Hey, hey. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Welcome to Making Changes You Love to Live With podcast. I'm Kirsten Galfan, your host. I started my company, Fitness Inspired, in 2008. I have my master's degree in exercise science. And yeah, I started my company with the mission and the vision of making changes you love to live with. And I'm so excited to continue doing that every single day. And I'm going to be here weekly with your dose of inspiration, applications, strategies, and tips to make changes you love to live with. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> How are you, Beth? I'm awesome. It's, it's summer, so things are different and we're all figuring it out. You know, it's we're figuring out a lot of things right now, but yes, it, it is good and awesome and all is well. How are you? Yay. We're sun-kissed because it's summer and it yeah. makes everything better. The sunshine yes. makes any disturbance of schedule better. <laughs> yes, it's so true. It's so true. So, uh, Beth, you were actually, you're one of the most listened to episodes thus far, and that was episode 76. You were on, you were on the hundredth episode to celebrate. So avid listeners know who you (laughs) are, but let's just say this is their first episode. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me again. It's so much fun to have these conversations around things that I think really matter. Um, And I think that, um, you know, I found my journey has led me to uh, having a business called The Grounded Canary. And um, it is literally in that business that things started to unfold where um, I started to realize I just wanted to be at people's feet and hear what they had to say and um, be in space with them and help people feel seen and heard and uh, figure out ways in which to kind of put their best foot forward and and how how they wanted to design their life and have more power. And so with that, Um, I am a life coach and a certified life coach. I'm now getting my master coach certification uh, this year as well. And um, it's been awesome. I have been um, overwhelmed by gratitude Mm -hmm. um, to do exactly what I said, just being at the feet of people, um, hearing them from a very vulnerable place, uh, hearing, uh, you know, things that they want to change, make better, figure out, unpuzzle. Um, and it's been a, a pretty, a pretty awesome experience. So, um, you know, I believe that, um, everybody has the wisdom within themselves and, um, it, you know, you just need the container, you need the space in which to, to focus in and do that. And, um, yeah, that's what I get to do with people. And it's a lot of fun. Yay. And I've had so many aha moments by like questions you said, but just also your presence. And it's amazing that you, you know, you're getting and you've, you've received your education in this area, but I just want you to know, like you just told us you already had it in you even before you had that. Right. So you have this natural, um, knack for, you know, just bringing out the best in people and really hearing the message. And yeah, it's just amazing. So I'm excited to get into what we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, so in order to do that, I want us all look at me, I'm turning the tables, um, <laughs> as, a, as a way to like intro this, um, 
I want us to all think about the last time you went into a new situation. So think of the last time you went into a new situation. Okay. Do you have it in your mind? Okay, cool. And so, um, how often when we go into a new situation, we might think consciously or subconscious, like under the surface, be like, I wonder what everybody is going to think of me. Raise your hand if you've ever had that thought. Yes, of course we have. Like I thought of a new situation I went into recently with a bunch of people I didn't know. And it was teaching, which I love to teach. I feel completely comfortable with that. But it was with new people and a new spot and everything. And I thought there was that subconscious thing of like, what is everyone going to think? Right. Or then now think about another time when you are making a decision that maybe like someone in your circle or someone you look up to, you thought they were going to be like, I disagree with that decision, but you knew it was right for you. And did you have any like resistance or like fear or I wonder what they're going to think of me? Yes, I've definitely had that too with some big decisions, like, and people I respect and love, and I know they respect and love me, but I'm like, yeah, but that's not the move for me. That's not the move. Uh, Right. So we all have it. We all can agree. We have it in that, like, what are people going to think of me? And so I, I'm so excited to have you shed some light on this uh, for us, Beth. And can you start with, obviously there's a reason that this happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, don't, let's not shame ourselves. Like there has to be a reason that this has served us at some point. So can you kind of start there of like what you think maybe one of the reasons or a couple of reasons would be? Well, you know, when we're born into this world, we are born with um, literally, we know nothing other than we want to be fed and we want to rest. And we start to realize that if we cry, people can listen and maybe they'll respond to us. And then we start to realize different cries or different things or different smiles or when we roll over creates a space that pleases people or people start to respond to us. So we start to understand that there is a response when we do something. When we speak, when we act, when we, um, you know, show up, and so we start to realize that there's a social self out there um, that, or there's a social um, space out there that helps us to start to identify who we are as a social being, and so we start to use that by picking up cues. Um, and I just heard something today that we're the most creative until we hit five, and once we hit five, we start mm-hmm. thinking about all the things that people think of us, and we start to get self-conscious, which makes me want to take every five-year-old and take them to like a an island and say, okay, don't think about it. Just have fun and be amazing and grow up and be amazing people. (laughs) Five, like seriously, five, what? Yeah. And that, and let's, let's record all the five-year-olds and say like, please say a message to uh, your older self. Yes. Give us your wisdom. Isn't that crazy? I just heard that today. Um, But yeah, so that's where we start to, we started as early as being babies and at five, you know, we start to understand how things work in the world. And so we create this social self, which is culture, which is society, which is our parents, which is our friends, all the other things, all the external people and influences that tell us 
who we are, how we should show up, how we get jobs, how we, um, you know, can uh, relate to people, how we can um, or how we should uh, be a mother or how we should show up as a friend or a daughter. You know, we get all of these messages and they just start to develop over time based on our experiences and based on what people give us. So, yeah. That's, that's where it comes from. <laughs> so you mentioned something. So what you're describing right now is your social self. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So your social self, can you talk to us, give us like kind of, so we know where it comes from now. And so then when we only rely on that social self, what is the cost? Yeah. Like, so yeah, absolutely. It's like, we're listening to other people for our internal roles for behavior that dominate who we are in our life. And so the cost of that is that we stop showing up as our best self. We allow ourselves to go off course and lead a life or lead um, our personality or show up in a way that is pleasing to other people or that goes with how the culture says we should show up. And we just start doing that. So we veer off um, of what the other self is, uh, which is the essential self. And the essential self is who we're born to be. Um, it would be the same no matter what society you lived in or who raised you. It's your tastes, it's your talents, it's your desires. And it doesn't ever change. It's, it's always the same. And it's um, this fixed point that just, it doesn't move around. It's, um, you know, Martha Beck talks about the North Star and finding your North Star. That's what this essential self is like. It's, um, it never changes amidst all the circumstances of your life. Amidst all of the changing constellations in the sky, your North Star stays the same. And so, um, you know, I've shared this with you, Kirsten, but the North Star is used by mariners and explorers all over the world to find the right way to go. And so if, you know, if our essential self is showing up and that is the right way to go, obviously that is an indicator of our right place. However, when our social self decides that it wants to reign on the parade of our essential self and we allow that to happen and allow our social self to lead, oftentimes our essential self is, you know, crying in a corner, is showing passive aggressiveness, is showing up frustrated and out of our integrity. And so we, we show up in a world that we're not, we're, you know, we might be able to show up the way others want us to in our social self, but our essential self is crying. Our essential self needs to be able to see the light, shed, um, you know, goodness and wisdom and, and to be able to shine or else we feel that internal struggle and that suffering. Mm -hmm. So that's the cost. Yeah. And that is a big cost, right? Like they're, um, all sorts of self-development kind of, um, gurus quote the study that they went into, you know, nursing homes and people that were dying and they asked them if they had any request regrets, <laughs> any requests, <laughs> do you have any requests <laughs> from my <laughs> Yes, that would, that would be an interesting study as well. <laughs> Let's do that one next. Yes. Okay. So if they had any regrets and their number one regret is they didn't live life on their terms. Right. Mm -hmm. Or another way to say it is my, I remember my elementary school teacher would give us this send off at the end of announcements. He'd say, um, take a risk for the sake of learning. So the same concept, like 
I've heard it said different ways, but like living, they regret not living life on their terms more or taking more risks for the good of, right, right. You know, the good of their life or others' lives. So is that, okay. So if we have our social self and our essential self, and that's one of the regrets of the dying, mm-hmm. then how can we use this knowledge to like, go ahead and plug in and let this be a superpower because of our awareness? Yeah. And you know, we, we, when we just talked about this, we kind of put our social self in like, um, a, a, a um, what do I want to say in a container that said it's bad. It's not okay. bad. It's not no, always bad. So we need to clarify that the okay. social self has gotten us to where we are. The mm-hmm. social self has, has helped you Kirsten to develop this amazing business in 10 years, 10 years, 10, 11, more than 10 years. It's crazy. 17, yeah. 28. How many? <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on now. No, 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 no. Don't be but, angry me now. But our social self yeah. helps us to show up in the world. Our social self na- helps us navigate. So that's our, it's still really awesome. But the difference is that rather than having our social self lead our essential self, we need to allow our essential self to lead our social self. So there's a harmony that can be created when the two of them communicate. So when we reconnect with who our essential self is, that helps us to sustain relationships with people who are important to me and helps us, you know, helps us to think about where it is we want to be in life, what feeling states we have, who we are as a person. We say this as an essential self, we get in touch with that. Then we say, okay, social self, help me to execute that. Help me to create those relationships, finish school, hold down a job, meet my goals, realize your dreams, all those things. And that harmony is what we're looking for, is for them to work together, if that makes sense. For for them to be friends. Yes. (laughs) For them to be friends. Okay, good. I like that where this is going. This is fun. So do you, what kind of practices do you have or can you share that we can say like, okay, this all seems very theoretical. We got our essential, essential self, our social self. How can we like sure. back to that? Let's go back to that. Like we're going into a new situation. Sure. And we're like, ah, what yeah. are people going to think right. of me? So it could be that you're joining a group. It could be you took a new job. It could be that you are, you know, teaching, you know, it could be anything. And so just imagine that and um, imagine that how it feels in your body. Oftentimes it doesn't feel in alignment with who we are. So I see Kirsten is closing her eyes. Imagine the moment where you, um, where you feel where you're entering a system and you're thinking, Hmm, what are they going to think of me? Or like Adam Sandler's mother in the song says, they're all going to laugh at you. (laughs) So how does that feel in your body? Well, yeah, not good. Yeah. But like, okay, sorry, continue. Yeah. But okay. So imagine like, let's just take the example of starting a new job or having a job Mm -hmm. that, you know, or not even a new job, you're just in a job and you, you start to, people um, have noted that they start to feel symptoms um, where they realize it's wrong. Like they Mm -hmm. might have, you know, sickness that comes on resistance to getting up out of bed, um, difficulty with energy. um, Or let's say you have uh, your friends with someone and every time, you know, you're going to be with them. It's like, um, I call them energy zappers. They're the people that are not life-giving and you feel drained by them. So in our, in these types of situations, our bodies create psychological, have intense psychological symptoms um, that help us to see um, when something is not right. And so what we need, what we need to do first is pay attention. 
when we notice that something is not in alignment and we're not feeling it, it's um, we have to be willing to then acknowledge it. And we can't just get over it or say, pull ourselves together, like pull right. yourself together. You got to get this. Right. Um, people are afraid to uh, like upset the apple cart mm-hmm. um, and upset the culture. And they just kind of say, eh, I'll be all right. But if we um, if, if we can just notice it, pay attention to it and say, huh, what am I thinking? And why is it that I'm desiring something else? We ask your essential self, what is it here? Am I not being creative enough? Am I not given the liberty in this friendship to feel freedom? Um, am I not, um, am I, you know, am I feeling disrespected at work? Then you start to get at the pieces that allow you to then have conversation about it or make a choice that just puts you one degree closer towards your essential self. So that's, that's kind of a day-to-day thing. It's just really feeling it, feeling it from your body using that as an indicator and then starting to investigate and get curious. Yeah. And I think what you said in different words is like giving her a voice, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then her voice, it's smart. It is smart to correct me if I'm wrong, but it's smart to have her have a voice, but to stay, I don't want to say in line because that feels very submissive, Mm -hmm. but, um, the, like you said, the social self, our social regulation has a role in this too. Yeah. That we can. Okay. So can we use my example? Because when mm-hmm. I use my example, when I thought of the last time I was in like a new situation, I was, I was teaching in a new place. But if I take myself to that like body feeling, I think I was nervous to if people were going to judge me or think I was good at what I did because I didn't know anyone there. Okay. So that's that's just me being vulnerable and saying like, this is what it was. Right. But I know it's very in alignment for me to be going and doing that. So like, I felt like a little nervous, but also excited. Mm -hmm. So nervous, excited. And like the fear came from are people going to judge me or think I'm good at what I do? Right. So when you say the fear came from that, I would, would it, um, could I also relate that Kirsten back to you to say it's the suffering. So the suffering you felt was because you wondered mm-hmm. what people were going to think, right? Right. So you weren't out of alignment in the teaching. You weren't out of alignment in the content. You weren't out of alignment in the opportunity. It was more what they were going to think. Okay. So oftentimes what happens is um, our thinking is what's in the way. Okay. And so somehow you created a thought that said, people aren't going to accept me okay, or people aren't going to take me seriously, or it was actually more about the people that you were about to interact with. Okay. So if I was one-on-one coaching you, we would get to that. And I would try to understand what is it about that space? And we would, we would come up with your thought because what your thought is around that is actually what's keeping you in the um, in the fear of even being there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so maybe I pushed, it shows I pushed through that because yeah. I knew there was going to be a, a positive outcome. So is any of this related to social and essential self, or is this a totally different thing? Well, um, it all depends. Like if you were relating it in ways that you should show up, like I should show up with a lot of energy or I should show up and make them feel, or I need to make sure that they feel energized or not energized, a uh, participatory, or, mm-hmm. you know, I need to make sure that they give oh, me good yeah. feedback. Right. Like those are the things that show up social self-wise, mm-hmm. right. Because we're trying to adapt to the environment by making them feel good. 
Right. So that, yeah, it definitely does. However, if I was coaching you, I would also ask you whose (laughs) business is that, right? That's their business. Whether they like you or not, whether they think your content is good, whether they want to listen to you ever again, that is all their business. Yeah. Your business is to show up mm-hmm. grateful. You're there loving the content, loving teaching and skipping your way out of that workshop and not caring one thing about what they think. Not mm-hmm. because you don't, obviously we want to impact people because that's, right. that's why you're in your profession is to help yeah. them. Right. But the, when we get in their business, then that's when it can become detrimental to our business. Right. You have to ask whose business am I in? So that's a little bit different, but they're yeah. very, they're very connected. They're very connected. Hey, hey, thanks for listening. I wanted to introduce to you a few of my friends who are also entrepreneurs, small businesses who I think are making a great impact. Here they are. Hi, I'm Beth with The Grounded Canary. For as long as I can remember, I have loved sitting at the feet of others. Miracles happen there in that space of compassion and connection. When hopes, dreams, pains, and loss can be expressed and shared, life changes. This is how I see my role as your life coach. I'm here to be present and to reflect you back to yourself without judgment. We all could use less of that, couldn't we? I see you, and I would love to come alongside you to see you fly. Check out thegroundedcanary.com for more information. Take care. Hi, I'm Marin Walseth with Elevating Leaders. Are you striving for more in 2021? Do you need to pivot yet again, but aren't sure which move is the right move to make? I'm a business and leadership coach. I partner with business owners to design a one-page plan, nailing down objectives, strategies, and action plans to elevate their business. I want to support you as you upgrade your skills to elevate your life. Find me at marnwalseth.com. That's M-A-R-E-N-W-A-L-S-E-T-H. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Hi, I'm Amy Hovey, your Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today at 989-772-0153. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Okay, sweet. Now let's get back to our workshop. So talk to us a little bit about when we use the words like everybody, mm-hmm. we're worried about everybody. Talk to us about the everybody committee, because I've heard yes. you speak on this before, but I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. So no, I don't think we have either. But, um, you know, uh, again, this is something I learned from Martha, but Martha Beck talked about this everybody committee, and it's a fabulous concept because Because oftentimes we will think about how we should be doing things, how we should be showing up, you know, based on what everybody else does. Well, everybody thinks I should do it this way or everybody is successful this way. Everybody knows there's seven habits for highly successful people. And so we think, okay, I need to listen to that. So we're constantly, and it is just like your social self, right? You're constantly thinking about what does everybody else think? Mm -hmm. And it can, it can absolutely rule every decision that you make. And so one, one exercise to do is start to think who's talking. So when I am taking a job that I'm so excited about, and it is right in alignment with me, but it's about $30,000 less than a job that I, I kind of like, but it's a lot more money. And you're trying to decide between the two, you know, you really want the first job, but in your mind, something saying, 
yeah, but you need financial security or yeah, but you need to make sure that you have this, this, and this paid for. So you should be, who's talking? Mm -hmm. Who on your everybody committee is talking? Who is telling you that that's how you should be doing things? Once you start to identify them, honestly, it's people that probably don't even know your situation or know your heart, or, or maybe you just haven't told them, but you're allowing other people to make decisions about your life that have nothing to do with you. Yeah. And And they're not you. They're not the same essential you. Like that five-year-old would look a lot different. Right. And they're creative, wild, blessed. Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes it can be our parents. So I wouldn't send, I I don't say, I don't want to be confusing. It's not to say your parents don't know you or your parents aren't in your life. They are. But allowing their beliefs to be a part of your everybody committee just allows them to start making those choices for you when they have no idea what your essential self is saying. And so that's what we need to be doing. Who's talking? Who's that everybody committee? And if that everybody committee doesn't actually believe in our ability to make the best choices for ourselves, then you know what we do with them. You're fired. (laughs) We fire the everybody committee. And you put people on your committee that actually do believe in your ability to make the best choice for yourself. People that will cheer you on, that will challenge you, but they know that you've got what it takes to make the best choice. Um, And somebody said to me the other day, take it even a step further. Whose everybody committee are you on? Mm. Meaning like my kids, right? I have three teenagers. Every day I'm like, don't do that to them. Don't put that, don't don't put that on their committee. Don't put that in their thoughts. Don't make them think they have to do it. I'm like thinking all the time, but that's another step, you know? How many times, because we're raising for, for me, for instance, I'm raising children and I'm trying to teach them hot, cold, right, wrong, crossing the street, not, you know, all those things all the way up that there's a point in time where I need to no longer tell them what they should do with whatever, whatever it is, stay with a sport, not stay with a sport, um, take a photography class or take an architecture class. That's going to catapult them more in architecture, whatever it really comes down to. What is, what is, what do you feel? What's your body telling you? What do you feel about it? And they hate the question. They're like, I don't know. Just tell me what to do. And I'm like, I can't, but it's a practice. I'm learning it. I have, I've just recently learned the concept. So I'm like, oh my gosh, don't let me hurt you any longer. (laughs) But anyway, well, you're doing awesome, Beth. And you were chosen to be their parents and out of everyone. And so you're doing awesome. So I'm just showing you how real it is. I mean, you know, know. not only do we have our own that we allow, but when we dump on somebody else's and, oh, but you should get this job and you should make sure you, you know, tend to your sisters better. And you should make sure that you, you know, make someone feel more appreciated or, you know, should, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're shitting all over. You have to be careful. (laughs) Stop stop shitting. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, So, I mean, I don't know if this is, we're kind of like, it just making me think of the parenting thing. One thing that really helped me have freedom and it's like a practice I'm trying to do every time I find myself being like with the parent, that side of it, like who's everybody committee, like, am I earning my spot on her everybody committee or like my child's everybody committee? Like, I don't know, you know, that's pretty like strong words, but the thing is, is I read this study in this, one of these books I read and I can't even remember. It was a while ago and it basically showed these, like they followed these moms across years and 
they found that these like very affirming moms, like these moms were trying to really build up these kids self-confidence. Uh-huh. They looked at them in adulthood and guess what? It did not matter if they were affirming or not affirming, you know, it mattered how she treated herself, mm. how she treated herself when she crossed that mirror, when she was talking about herself, isn't that insane? Yeah, right. And that could be like, really, you know, that could stop me in my tracks, but it stops me <laughs> in my tracks in a good way right. in an empowering way. And being like, you know what, this right here, my essential self matters. Right. Do I want my kids when they are adults to be just falling in line only with the social self? No. Right. I want them to be true to who they are. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if, if that's what it is, like, even if you do, if you're listening and you're like, I don't have kids, mm-hmm. people are still looking at you. You're looking at yes. yourself yes. with your behavior. Yes. And so give us like, how can we play and experiment with like hanging out with our essential self more often? Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's, there's lots of ways. I mean, literally just dreaming. Mm-hmm. You know, picture, picture a fourth grader not paying attention in class, looking out the window. <laughs> Channel that inner fourth grader, right? Just be that, you know, you could do things like an exercise, like an, the ideal day. Just, um, just get out a piece of paper and start from the beginning. You wake up. What do you smell? What do you see? What do you feel? What do you hear? You know, it could be birds chirping. It could be crisp linens on your um, toes. It could be the smell of coffee from downstairs. Um, you know, start, start dreaming about what it looks like from the time you open your eyes to you go to bed. Um, and what does that mean? Now, is your ideal day going to be exactly what you can have tomorrow? Maybe not. I mean, you know, sometimes my ideal day is all by myself in the middle of nowhere with not a person. Well, <laughs> I've got a giant family, so that's not going to yeah. happen right now. Um, but what it does is then when you go back and look at that whole day, you look for themes. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes connection is important to me. Oftentimes my own headspace. I mean, not oftentimes, every time (laughs) my own headspace is important to me. I also, um, there's some self-care usually involved in my ideal day. Um, So look for the the themes and then think turtle step. How can I implement just one thing tomorrow in my day? All right. Self-care. Okay. I'm going to do X or, okay. I need some headspace for myself. So instead of sitting at the kitchen table where everybody thinks I'm accessible, I'm going to go take a walk and literally have my own space in that time. Um, so it's that space around, um, you know, just looking for themes and looking for things that, that feed you that, that are good for your soul and start diving into those. Um, another way is to listen to your body. When you're making a choice, whether you want to go for Italian or Mexican, yeah. what's my body say? Oh, Italian. It feels comforting and yummy tonight. Okay, yeah. great. Go with that. Um, jobs, you know, same, you know, yeah. little things, big things, jobs or, you know, big decisions. What is your body saying about it? The more that we notice and get in, get in tune with our body, our body is so wise. We talked about this last time, but our body knows so much more than our mind because our body can experience it that much faster. 11 million bits per second, it knows. And so, um, you know, just honing in in that way. Um, I would also just kind of think about 
what are the things when you look around that make you happy? Is there something, you know, look around your space and say, ah, that heart makes me happy or, you know, that quote or whatever it is. And what is it about that? Put more of that in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this candle smells. I don't even know why I keep it here. I should throw it away. Throw it away. Throw it away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's little things right now. <laughs> and it doesn't, it, you know, it seems trivial, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's called the butterfly effect. Once you find one thing you like and you start doing more of that. Or once you find something you don't like and you start doing less of that, you know, it just continues to grow and grow and grow. And it makes a beautiful butterfly because you're starting somewhere. Right. So just putting more of what you love in your life, more of what feeds you, more of what I like to say, it's glitter in the back of my neck, that mm-hmm. feeling of, yes, this is my jam. This yeah. is what I need. This is Beth. This is who I am. And the more we can put that into our life, the better we feel. Woo! Yes, I am fired up. I'm so excited. Yes. So what is magical about what we get to do right now? And we do this uh, after some of the podcasts with Beth and people like Beth, our amazing guests, is we get to play with it and put it into practice. So we're going to be talking about, you're going to be helping us through dreaming, you know, going through some of that step, those steps and looking at those themes. And so we can actually apply these amazing insights and we can be inspired, but we can also do the thing. Yeah. So, and that's so important. Turtle steps. What's yes. one thing that you can do that is not going to, uh, you know, that you're, that you can't say no to, you're going to make sure you do that. Yeah. Right. So thank you for being here. Beth is an amazing coach. I know firsthand she's in you know, our empowering entrepreneur group. Uh, She's a small business making positive, big results in this world. And um, she also, I, you know, have her coach me (laughs) because even as, not even, we all, we all need to like, think about who's on our committees, like who's on our teams, who's, you know, coaching us. And if you have, you know, coaches in your life, I bet they have coaches too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right. So I'm so thankful for you. Where can we find you? And then we will get into uh, how we can do the thing. Where yeah, can I find absolutely. you? So I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So if you just want to follow and get a little dose every once in a while of what I'm up to, you can check those out. Um, it's the Grounded Canary. And that's the same as my website, thegroundedcanary.com. And on there, you'll learn a little bit about who I am, what I do. Um, if anybody would just wants a you know, free session to say, hey, let me see if this is for me. Um, I'm here to, as I said, hold that space, make good lives great and great lives even better. Um, and just help you tweak and, and get to the space where you know uh, you're, you're following your essential self. Cause that's really where we want to be. That's awesome. And it is, and it feels like self-care too, no matter where you are, it's just like, <gasps> we get this time together and it's amazing. Yay. Thank you, Beth. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Awesome job. We appreciate you. Aww, thanks for having me. Love you. Love ya. Thank you for listening to making changes. You love to live with. Don't forget to subscribe. It's completely free and share this with a friend. You never know when you could just make their day.